Thank you for joining us on a Morally Podcast with Tony May. Morally Podcast is purpose-built for America. Through our military veterans and military supporters, we show that the values and qualities that built this country, such as service, sacrifice, respect, and faith, are not dead. A Morally Podcast builds community so individuals can improve their communities. Welcome to this week's Morally Podcast. We're blessed to have Sergeant Major Retired Dan Lopez. Dan, you ended your career as the J-6 Senior Enlisted Leader at United States Special Operations Command. Did you ever think when you started as a Ranger Private that that's where you would end up? Uh, Definitely not. You know, when I first joined the Army uh, 30 years ago, um, I told my mom, hey, I'm joining the Army for two years. I'm going to come back. Um, don't change my room, um, and then I'm going to go to college, and, and we'll go from there, Mom. And obviously, after that first two years, I called her up. And I'm like, hey, a little bit of change of plans. I just re-enlisted for four more. Um, then the four turned to eight, 12. Uh, then 30 years later, I finally called my mom saying, hey, I'm, is my room ready? Because I want to come back home. She's like, no, it's, it's full. <laughs> so, yeah, the 30 years went by real quick. But uh, that's kind of how it all started. That, just amazing. We're, we're blessed to have you on today. Like I said, said Dan, I, I, we appreciate everything that you're doing as you're retired in the community. And we're going to talk about some of those things. But let's start with a couple of photos you provided to us. I think this will really touch the strings to a lot of people who've worn the uniform over the last couple of decades. Yeah. So I have a son. His name's Hayden. Right now he's a captain. But uh, back in 2019, he deployed with the 82nd as an infantry platoon leader. Um, the photo with the flag, um, that was me and my team um, back in 2003. And that photo of him is back in 2019. And when he sent me that photo, I asked him where he was in Afghanistan, and he told me. And I'm like, hey, I think we might be at the same location. And I said, is there like a chow hall about 100 yards away from where you're at? And he's like, yes, there is. So it was kind of ironic that, uh, you know, 17 years apart that we both have the same type of photo. Um, but, you know, more importantly, it really just shows that this war um, is a generational war um, that, you know, you have, you know, at the time when I started deploying, he was only six. And uh, now that he's grown up, went to college, uh, went to basic OCS, and uh, now it was his turn to serve, serve this grateful nation. So what's it like? What's the difference in terms of getting ready to go, getting the kit bag, getting used to the routine deployments, and now your son? So what's it like being a parent in your anxiety? Probably easy because you did it yourself, right? No big deal at all. Ah, um, no, it, it, it really it gave me a different perspective from the, the being a parent aspect. Um, just a quick story. You know, when we deploy... Um, when we say goodbye to the family, it's very emotional at the doorway. But once we get on that airplane and we sit, you know, we should focus on our mission. And once we get downrange, we get our routine. You know, we may be doing some combat operations. We go to the gym, we go eat chow, we go sleep, we wake up, do it over again. Um, and our minds are fully occupied while we're deployed. Um, but now that he deployed, um, as a father and, and, it, it really gave me a, a really appreciated perspective of what my family has gone through. Um, because now I realize that as a parent, you're dealing with 
you know, the day-to-day chores back at home. Um, you're dealing with the news media. You're dealing with what's on TV. And really, at the end of the day, you're on edge the whole time. Um, you send them an email. And if he doesn't reply back in a timely manner, your mind just starts going in different directions. And I realized that not only did he put me in that position, but I also put my family in that position from the five years I deployed. Um, just a real quick story, um, just to kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about is, you know, me and my family, while my son was deployed, me and my wife and son, our other son, Nolan, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and we're sitting there eating and, uh, he was deployed for about two weeks already. Then on my phone, I get a little news alert saying, Hey, four paratroopers killed in Afghanistan. And when I read it, I didn't want to tell my wife because I didn't want her to worry her. So I kind of, you know, put my phone back. Then I look up and she obviously got the same alert on her phone and immediately her eyes started filling up. And, uh, you know, and mine too, I had emotions, raw emotions going in me as well. And I really had to like, you know, absorb the situation and kind of, you know, Hey, are you okay, Laura? Everything's going to be fine. We don't know, no names yet. Um, then all of a sudden we start doing the old, uh, you know, emails and, you know, FaceTime messages and, and just, you know, praying to God that we see the little icon that says theme or we get a reply back. Um, and obviously whenever something catastrophic happens like that, I know downrange they take their phones away and shut down all the internet. But, uh, but yeah, during that, that period of, from the time we saw the news, so we actually got confirmation that our son was okay. It, it was a ball of stress. And, um, and, and again, I, I realized at that moment that, uh, you know, being in the military, being a dependent is, is a lot tougher job than I realized. And speaking of jobs, right, in, in different roles as we kind of leave the uniform behind. All right. So so now now you're employed. Right. Tell us a little bit about your transition and what, what that was like for you. Like, What was a What was a good part of it? What was a hard part of it? What did you what did you learn? What was reinforced? What did you wish you know? The kind of your once over of your transition. Yeah, so I served for thirty years, right? And um, you know, people have always told me, "You'll know when it's time." And um, as I hit the twenty-eight year mark, you know, I started realizing, I'm like, "Wow, you know, I'm getting older. I'm getting more tired, um, and my body's breaking down a little bit more." And I'm pretty sure every ranger could testify to that. Um, but, you know, then the stresses of the transition started coming, you know, like, what am I going to do next? How are we going to survive? Where am I going to move? Um, what's my family going to want to do, et cetera, et cetera. But as I got closer, you know, the, the, the VA is a great help. They have lots of resources. But more importantly, I had a lot of mentors, um, a lot of networks started reaching out to me, pretty much telling me, hey, don't worry about your next career. We're going to hook you up. It's not even a retirement. It's a transition. Um, and just like any transition, there's always people that are to help you. Um, so quickly I, I got into a network of friends, people started helping me out. Um, but th- the transition happened smoothly and I immediately found a job, started working this job, which led to another job. But, uh, at the end of the day, I was well taken care of. Um, so the transition went smooth and, and I'm, but the key part is making sure you have a network, network of friends, network of people that are going to take you under their wing and just really help you. Um, bridge that gap between the military and the civilian life. Well, Dan, I think we, we talk in terms of three things as we try to get the attention of, of a ranger when we, we first start talking about transition is that, you know, you can have location, job, and money. It's a grand slam if you get all three. 
But really that location and where you hang your hat, if you're married, where your spouse wants to be at, that's that that can be key. And, and so for you, you all decided to stay in a place where you kind of had roots for a little while there in the military in, in the greater Tampa area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we retired, well, we were here for five years before we retired here in Tampa. And uh, about a year before I retired, I talked to my wife. I'm like, hey, what are we going to do? Where are we going to move? She's like, we're staying here. So that was very easy. But so the dynamics for us was very simple. We're very flexible. We're, you know, but when you're younger, you, you have, you know, the financial part you have to deal with. Um, do you want to move back home to where your parents are at? You know, and if you're, if you're married to somebody whose parents are geographically separated, now you have to figure out, do we move to her location? Do we move to his location? Um, but fortunately for me, and really by the grace of God, that we were able to, you know, plant our roots here for the last five years and just kind of slowly transition and stay here. Well, and, and so we're going to transition then to talk about what you're continuing to do in the community, because on this podcast, we kind of like to look at, you know, passion, uh, what, what you do, um, what, what way you spend your time, kind of purpose, usually an outcrop of, 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 of your passion of like, do you work with people? Are you involved? And then, and then faith. And so we passion, your passion, you serve, you continue to serve and you have these networks. And I, I think now you're kind of living out your purpose and I want to show a, a graphic here and tell me what you have to think about that in your work and what you're doing now with the uh, Tampa Warriors. Yeah. So when I was getting ready to get out, um, I think one of the biggest fears I had was losing, a, losing out on the team atmosphere. You know, when you're a platoon leader, a platoon sergeant, um, every day you know you're going to go back to work and there's going to be a team around you um, that can share your experiences or if you're having a bad day, you can pull somebody aside and talk to them. And as I was getting ready to get out, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, that's probably going to be one of the biggest resources I'm going to be missing because I don't know what's going to happen next. So I started playing hockey a couple of years ago with this team called the Tampa Warriors. They're a nonprofit veterans uh, organization, and we use the platform of hockey to fill that teamwork, to fill that void that some of us are missing. Um, so I started playing with them for a couple of years, and part of our charter is that we have to volunteer 18 to 20 hours a year in the community, whether it's you know help cleaning up schools or cleaning up the beach or parks. Um, but every year we do a few events where we do give back to the community. Um, but I started thinking to myself, I, I got to do more to help uh, other than just skate on the ice and, and reap the benefits that I'm receiving from the Warriors. So last year we had a, a one of our teammates, his name's Joe Goose. He came up with the idea of Hockey Heels 22. And that's for, uh, it's a suicide awareness uh, event that we had last year. It's kind of challenging because we had COVID. Um, we had initially planned it for two years ago, but we had to cancel the first one because of COVID. So uh, we did it last year, um, but this year we're doing it again. Um, it's, it's in June. It's in Wesley Chapel. But the intent is to raise funding for uh, suicide awareness uh, programs. Uh, this year we're going to be donating to uh, StopSoldierSuicide.org. If you want to look them up, you can see what they're doing. Um, but in addition to that, we're going to give out two scholarships as well. Um, so. Knowing I had to do more, I took up the marketing role of, of helping, you know, advertise the event, creating the banners, creating the flyers. Um, my son's probably looking over my shoulder, but he's pointing to himself because at the end of the day, I came up with the idea. Then I looked at my son, who, who uh, you know, 
wants to do sports marketing. I said, no, and I need your favor. He's like, what, dad? He's like, I need you to build a flyer. I need you to build a banner. So it, it's a family affair right now uh, for the fact that he's helping me with all this. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's for a good cause. Um, and uh, kind of going back to my son, um, there's a couple of things that we experienced that or we have, you know, connection with that, that, you know, it's twofold, you know, on one side, I'm very proud that he's serving, but on the flip side, you know, we both dealt with suicide, right? I've, I've had many friends who passed away from suicide and from his deployment, he's already had a couple um, who passed from suicide and, and several other ideations. So there's a connection that we have there. Um, but for me, it's personal that I have to get involved with this kind of event because I, we, you know, it, it's the Tampa Warriors contribution to the to the bigger fight of uh, veteran suicide. And, and we're just doing our best to, to help with funding and just help people. And so, so tell me a little bit about the Tampa Warriors then. May active duty and veterans, just veterans? Um, does it have to be a disability? I mean, I, I've seen some of the different teams around the nation and, you know, it kind of depends where you're at, well, what kind of makes up the team. Yeah, so it's a nonprofit, um, and we're composed of veterans. We have some uh, first responders, and, and we do have a, some active duty members. Um, my son, he played college hockey, so he plays on our team as well. So he doesn't play often because he's, you know, stationed at Fort Bragg. But from time to time when we go to tournaments, if he has the time, he'll come out and join us. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what it's composed of. Um, and I'm trying to think what else you said. So. <laughs> Well, no, just how they come together. And then, you know, there's the across the nation, hockey, um, there's some different websites where folks can go and learn of the different programs in their area, but it's not really super defined. And sometimes there's tournaments where the guys can go. Um, there's sled hockey. And as you see, you know, I'm, I'm wearing a Tampa Bay Lightning shirt, right? Getting ready to go to the uh, Eastern Conference final. So uh, my, my time down in Tampa, right, turned me into a, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a free agent hockey player. Nobody wants to sign yeah. me. I can't skate backwards, right? But I play hockey. Yeah. I, I absolutely love the sport. <laughs> Let's take a look at this picture again. There's a couple of things that I wanted to pull out. Tell me, tell me about uh, your helmet here. Yeah, so um, the picture on the left with the names on their helmet, that was from our last uh, Hockey Hills. Um, and the individual with the 82nd Airborne patch on his helmet, that's my son. So what I did to honor some of them, some of our teammates that have fallen, uh, I, I put their names on our helmet. Um, unfortunately, my son has a couple names on the back of his helmet that you can't see on the picture, um, but that's the common bond that we share. Um, but yeah, we do what we can to honor them. Um, during our Hockey Hills event, in between each game, uh, we're going to name a few. Um, we're going to honor them by calling out their names like in a roll call fashion. Then uh, we'll have a moment of silence. Um, then we'll proceed on with our game. Um, but yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a great event. Um, you know, going back to the the, the, com the com composition of our team, um, we have skaters that are very brand new um, that that have a hard time trying to stay up on their skates to to individuals that have played college hockey um, and almost at the professional level. So, so our skill set is from one extreme to the other. Um, but the thing that ties us together is our experiences, our our, our service to this nation, um, and, and to what really helps us out individually is knowing that we have a, a, a platform that I can look forward to during the week. Um, predictability is always good for somebody's life, right? And, uh, you know, if I'm having a bad day on the weekend and, and I think I need to talk to somebody, I know that Thursday night when I go to my game that I'll be a, in a room full of 
a locker room full of folks that I can, you know, pull somebody aside and like, hey, I need to talk to you after this or before the game. And, uh, you know, we just talk, we chat. And, uh, you know, because that's where the camaraderie um, that you can miss when you get out of the military, that's where I find that camaraderie now. Well, and it, but it's not the only place, right? Because maybe you're taking a part of it. I mean, it's hard for a Sergeant Major to just be a doer, right? Like just one yeah. of the guys, right? So you're taking on that that realm um, of marketing this great event coming coming this June, June 11th. You can go on Tampa Bay Warriors website to to, to read about it. You can go on social media. Just absolutely a, a great event, great event. Um, but you also lead in another way. So what is what what is going on here? <laughs> okay, so um, truth lending. I always advertise me and my family as a Christian based organization, right? Um, you know, the faith in the good Lord is the foundation of my family. It's the foundation of who I am. And I always struggled with, you know, what can I do more, um, for the good Lord, right? You know, you go to, you go to church service and, and you're always being told, Hey, you got to do more. You got to do more. And I always kind of, you know, prayed and kind of like, what, what else do you want me to do? What else can I do for you? Then ironically, uh, me and my wife are, and my family we were driving to Orlando to go to Disney World. And we're just driving down the hallway or down the, the highway. And I get a phone call. Um, his name is Bill. And he calls me up and says, hey, Bill, or Dan, um, I'm Bill from the Round Canopy Parachute Team. And we're looking for some board members. And one of the board member billets that we're looking to fill is a chapter. So it was like the big light coming down off my sunroof. Like, here's your moment, Dan. Here's your way to serve in a, in a bigger opportunity, in a bigger forum. Uh, at, that you prayed for. So I spoke to him a little bit and I'm like, Hey, I just want you to know, I'm not an actual chaplain. I'm just, you know, a follower of Christ and, and I'm doing what I can. And he says, Hey, we know that because you were referred by a guy named Rick Lamb and he knows your background and what better person would, would be able to fit this position. And, uh, you know, I, I took it as a answer, you know, prayer to answer it. And I said, yes, I'll do it. And, um, here I am as the round canopy parachute uh, chaplain. Um, the picture that you saw um, was one of my first duties as a chaplain uh, for the team. Um, unfortunately, we had a, a, a member pass away uh, right before that event. Um, so I was given a, you know, honoring him. Um, and, you know, we did a quick prayer and the individuals you see lined up there in, in chalk order, got in the aircraft and uh, did a twilight jump in honor of uh, this individual. So who who makes up who makes up this team? Is this open to anybody or invite only? What 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 do you have to do? Because I, I would think that what a great way to keep community going for people who uh, enjoy falling out of a perfectly good airplane. Yeah, you know people always say that, but I always tell them you're jumping out with a perfectly good parachute. So nice, it, nice. It, 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 uh, it wears each other out. But yes, it's the Round Canopy Parachute Team. You can Google it and you'll find it. Um, but it's a nonprofit as well. Um, they do great charity events, uh, just kind of like the Tampa Warriors does uh, for the communities. Um, they're known uh, nationally, so they have events that go across the nation. Um, we currently have a couple of folks that are in uh, France right now, and they're going to do the uh, demonstration jump for the, uh, the D-Day Memorial uh, event that's coming up next month. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's open to, to majority everybody. You just go to the website. Um, obviously, there's a, a couple of physical... Uh, events that you got to, you know, be ready to perform, you know, when kind of like on your uh, assessment. 
Um, but other than that, yeah, it, it's, it's great event. It's great camaraderie. It's great fellowship, great teamwork. And and you had mentioned that your family is a, would you say a Christian organization? Like you look at your family as yeah, a Christian based organization. I, I love that. So let, let's go back to your service time. Cause I'm sure that it, it, that you knew that that probably radi radiated out to, to the service members. Um, how were you able to feel like that basis and faith kind of got you through that 30 years of service? Um, I'll, I will tell you, um, I didn't really receive the blessing until about halfway through my career, um, about, you know, into my second deployment. Um, and it wasn't a, an event that woke me up like, well, you know, I just almost passed away and I really got to get good with the Lord. But it was the sheer physical separation from my family. Um, and I was ironically, you know, using the restroom and there was a big sign that said, hey, how great would it be to have eternal life? If you want to know, come see me. And it was to the chaplain's office. Then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go over there and, and, and talk to him. And it was uh, Chaplain Jeff Strucker, which everybody knows. Um, and he was giving some services. And I started going on a weekly basis. And from there, my faith started getting stronger and stronger. But uh, definitely, um, you know, having that foundation of faith really has gotten me through many struggles. Um, because it's a platform that I know it's true. I know it's always going to be there. And, and it seems like that every time I'm going through a struggle and when I go to church, it's like the good Lord knows that I'm going through that struggle because the sermon will be about that. Um, so it's, it's not irony that it happens. It's just that, you know, it's just the way it is. And that's why, you know, it's just a testament of, of who he is and what he does for me in my life. Um, and he definitely helped me through many more deployments. He definitely helped me and my family um, bond, get, you know, and help us go through those kinds of struggles that go with deployment. And, and as we talked about, it really helped us with our son's deployment and it helped him as well. So, but that's kind of like, you know, a nutshell how the good Lord uh, entered my life and how I entered his kingdom. Well, I, you know, J Jeff Struker is a blessing um, that, that he happened to serve in our community and that he decided to make his home, Columbus, Georgia, and he was just in the office a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about why why retire to the the beautiful uh, metropolitan area that is Columbus, Georgia. He's like this. <laughs> like I have the ability to serve Rangers for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah I, I, so a funny story. I can't recall if it was my wife's birthday or Mother's Day, but I remember going to the internet to buy her something. And my credit card that I had at the time was expired. So I was like, dang, what am I going to do? So I ran over to Chaplain Struker. I'm like, hey, I need a big favor from you. He's like, what's that? I go, I need to buy your credit card because I got to buy my wife a gift. So he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I'm serious. I need it now. So he helped me uh, purchase uh, a gift for my wife. Then after the deployment, I came home and, you know, we settled down. Me and my wife settled down and we're talking. I'm like, hey, we need to go to Chaplain Stuker's house. And she's like, why? I go, because I owe him some money. And she's like, for what? And I told her, I'm like, I go, Laura, I'm sorry, but uh, I had to use his credit card to buy you the gift uh, while I was deployed. So we ended up going to his house. I gave him the money. I think I gave him the money. But if I owe you, Mr. Stuker, uh, let me know and I'll pay you back. But, uh, but that was kind of a funny story. And he really... You know, help me out in a bind with that. 
Well, it, it's it's amazing with with people once they kind of turn their heart to uh, helping others. Like we kind of kind of become intertwined over time. Oh yeah, touch paths. And so I want to kind of I want to close then with one other activity that you're involved in, uh, very near and, and dear to my heart, and that's the mentorship of these future uh, of these rangers who who will be um, deciding to leave the service, whether from you know, normal separation time, family decision, or or retirement. So t- tell, tell us a little bit about how you became a mentor with Three Rangers Foundation and, and what that what that has been like for you. Yeah, so when, when I was helped, you know, obviously, you know, uh, when I was organizing Hockey Eels, I reached out to you and uh, Sergeant Major Mike Hall yeah, and, and to see how we can help with this Hockey Eels 22. Um, but you guys also mentioned, hey, we also have a mentorship program. Um, if you want to help with that, please let us know. And immediately I sent you all the email saying, yes, I want to help. And uh, so, you know, I'm on that list. Um, and anytime a young ranger or older ranger is getting ready to retire, they receive the list. And it's broken down into a geographical categories. So if they're going to retire in Florida, they can look on the Florida region. And my name's listed on the Florida. Um, but anytime... You know, you guys sent the email out saying, hey, we have, you know, so-and-so getting ready to retire. Please reach out to him. I'll immediately send them a note saying, hey, I'm in the Florida area. This is what I do now. Uh, this is what I've done in the past. And if there's any help you need, please let me know. And and I think what's really rewarding is when they do reply back to you asking you for help. Um, and I do everything from helping them out with, you know, the transition to the civilian life, try to help them out, you know, what kind of job they have with their resumes. And they send me the resumes. I push them out to my friends my network. Um, I help them out with VA issues, how to, you know, help with their claim. Uh, but more importantly, there's, there's two big messages I always tell them. It's like, A, don't stress um, because you got a whole network of, of people behind you. Um, and two, you know, tell your family not to stress um, because I know it can be a very stressful uh, period of, of their lives. But, uh, but at the end of the day, you have a whole network of people looking out for you from every aspect of your life, of, you know, your personal uh, you know, whatever personal issues you have, there's help we can help you with to finding a job, to spiritual, physical. So, um, so if you're out there listening and you're getting ready to get out, do not stress, um, because you have tons of resources out there, uh, to help you, uh, you know, cross that bridge and, and be successful. You got it, Dan. And just that ability to ask for help. Once you ask for help or. If not asking for help isn't phrased right, once you realize you need to build your transition team, just like you have your team yep. in the military, then find the best people to help you and, 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 and take it and make decisions. And what is it? Uh, put on your rock and, you know, move out. Yep. Hang your uniform on the wall like I did and uh, move on. Dan, thank you so much for coming on with us. I mean, it, it's been it's been great to talk to uh, a fellow ranger who gets it, who gets the importance of community rooted in faith and knowing that you don't have to grow up with it. You know, what one person, one ranger um, was there at the right time with, with the, with the right words uh, to assist. So once again, hockey Hills, uh, hockey heels, 22 uh, coming on June 11th, correct? Starting June 10th, 10th through and through 11th, right? 10th through 11th? Yeah, it's 22 10th. hours consecutive hockey. 22 hours consecutive hockey. And we can go to the Tampa Warriors website to find out more, whether it's a sponsorship yeah. if you can't make it, or is there is there still time to get on the ice? 
if you want to get on the ice, let me know. Um, the teams are formed. However, um, when we start playing in the wee hours of the morning, like at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, sometimes we have people that don't show up when we get you on the ice then. But yeah, yeah I, you I have an cool. invite. It would look like an international flags of jerseys skating around there. And then people can look oh, up yeah. the round canopy parachuting team as well. Um, if they're in that local yeah. area, if that, if that makes sense, uh, down in Tampa, Dan, thanks again. We appreciate your time. No worry. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right. And we do have some great events coming up. First, our transition course is Four Rangers by Rangers, a more elite transition, eight weeks, only one night a week for two hours over those eight weeks. We're currently in our second session with the third session starting this July. Spots are filling up. Register at rangerforlife.com transition. This course is built for those 24 months out if they're going to retire or 18 months out if in a normal, normal separation window. And coming Friday, September 30th, Atlanta Braves Hall of Famer Daryl Murphy will be right here in Columbus, Georgia to speak about leadership and culture benefiting our Ranger Outreach Center. Sponsorships are available and tickets will be available starting next week. We look forward to updating you on that. And so once again, as we close every Morley podcast, Dad was always right when he said, Leave it better than you found it. We hope you enjoyed a more lead podcast with Tony May, and we appreciate your viewership. If you'd like to hear more from Tony or one of his guests, you can view or listen to past episodes at tonymain.podbean.com. Until next time, be a community builder for America.